Happy, how is it already like mid-April and after Passover? Like, I don't understand. I said this would happen because of Passover, April was going to just not exist. The limit yeah. does not exist. Like, yeah. that is April. Yeah. Everyone's saying today is like the January 2nd, too, because it's like coming back from the holiday for the first full week. Mm-hmm. Same thing with New Year's. Like, no one's down for today. Were you uh, able to successfully survive without bread? <laughs> emotionally no physically yeah yes but you know it was hard what about you yeah I there were a couple times where I maybe pretended to be Sephardic um (laughs) but someone also said that recently that like some rabbi conglomeration or something said that it's fine for Ashkenazi to eat um to eat what's it called interesting what no kidding you. I know yeah, what you're So I mean, listen, Marla, we're prepping you for the Sephardic man. But I'll be you, honest, he's gonna be Sephardic, so you're you, gonna eventually be doing it anyway. You're right, you're right. But if you grew but I think it's one of those things if you grow up a certain way, even if they're all the rabbis in the world were like, you can now eat rice on Passover, I'd still feel like, well, I didn't grow up that way. So I, thanks for thanks, but no thanks, Rabbi. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, yeah. I I mostly kept it other than a couple of times I pretended I was Sephardic. Um, <laughs> I think and it's, a and it's a hard holiday so I'm just glad that now it's like a year away so yeah the furthest away right now <laughs> You're um, right. we are the furthest away we'll ever be from the next Passover exactly exactly did you have anything that you ate that was like insane I can't believe it's kosher Passover because I did not mm, that's a really good question like um, mozzarella ball soup was probably the best thing I had mm-hmm. No, I mean, normally I am like been home for Passover, so I've been able to have like my mom. Was that different? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed the seders that I went to. I went to like a different like I went to a rabbi's house that I knew, and mm-hmm. I went to this Jewish org, so it was nice. It definitely was different, but I I enjoyed it nonetheless. Um, but I'm definitely used to being able to have like my mom and my aunts cooking, and like they always right. like will make all these desserts that are kosher for Passover which are always really yeah. yummy. Um, but being on my own, I really just ate a lot of matzah. Matzah does not go well with me. I feel like this year, it really messed up my stomach of all years. I'm like, seriously? Like, I'm not down. But at least I can breathe. Yeah, that's like, true. Smell. The plus side. But it's over and you did it. And first Passover in LA crossed off, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's just, Yeah, that's crazy to say that. But. I was the dating Marla. What's the scene? Oh, Libby. There was there was a choosing between guys moment. Last yes, episode. there was a bachelorette moment. So actually what happened was, so yeah, I think last time I gave my update, I was saying how I was seeing two guys and I was kind of, had spent more time with one of them. And so I wasn't really sure what to do with the other one. Um, that was like a few weeks ago, maybe like three weeks ago. And originally... I was gonna try to see the guy that I, that I had seen less mm-hmm. um, before I went to New York, and then yeah. I wasn't able to actually see him because I got like an ear infection before my trip. And then we said maybe we'd see each other when I got back from New York, but then mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't know, like I didn't hit, I didn't hit him up. He didn't hit me up. I kind of was like, and I'd already felt kind of like indifferent about that guy, like great guy, but I just like, wasn't really, I don't know. I wasn't like, I was still kind of like on the fence. So I was like, you know what? Like if he reaches out to me, like maybe I'll see him, but like, if he's not making an effort and I'm kind of indifferent, then like whatever. So yeah, I haven't like seen or talked to him since a few weeks ago. And the other guy that I had started to see more, um, we've been like consistently seeing each other still. Um, She went to a Dodgers game yesterday with him, which was very fun. Um, Just you guys? So um, technically just us, but he got the tickets through work. Um, so there, some of his coworkers were there, but they were all sitting kind of like, that's a big thing. I've been hearing a lot of people say, if you're willing, if the person you're with, like, if you could see them around people you work with, that says a lot about who they are as a person and that you'd be willing to date them. Like bring someone around that you can like trust around work people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So thankfully. That's a big test, Marla. Well, yeah. Yeah. So it was nice. I mean, it was nice because we sat like. Mo- like even though they're in the same section they weren't like right next to us because I think mm-hmm. it would have been kind of like it felt very formal if we were like right next to his co-workers right. um but yeah so that was really fun I mean I love baseball so it was it was fun and I don't think I'd ever been to a game that wasn't a Yankee game before so have you ever fun. been on a sports date before oh yes many because <laughs> well, well, I loved I like living in New York like I loved I mean, I love the Yankees. So, Wait, so has it been a month with this guy? Is it exclusive? Question. So, so uh, we're not exclusive. We don't really have a, a label. It's Guys, been... this is the first time I'm hearing of this. So I mentioned, I mentioned, Marla, no, no, no. But like the continuousness, I'm oh. saying we keep it pretty raw. So it's yeah. like you hear genuine reactions. Like I'm not BSing you. Like I didn't yeah. hear this already. Like I just, I had to let everyone know. That oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Know. Yeah. So it's been, a, I would say, a little over two months. We met, our first date was like the beginning of February. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually like talked about like our, our like feelings like last night. And I think we're on the same page that. Last night. Yeah, after the game. Um, so this is like the most, this is like a very, very up-to-date update. Um and no we agreed like we like each other we're gonna keep seeing each other we both like see it going in a serious direction but we're on the same page that like we don't want to put a label on it because it still feels kind of early and like I get to know each other for sure yeah and I feel like I'm at the point where like in the past I was and I said this to him and I feel like it's probably true for a lot of girls one as you get older but two also you after you've been like screwed over a lot by guys where I kind of just said, like, I was like, look, like, in the past, I was so eager to, like, get that label and, like, lock it down and then end up getting, like, burned by the mm-hmm. guys. And I don't want to just, like, lock it down just for the sake of locking it down. Like, if we're going to put a label on it, I want it to be because I'm, like, fully confident in, like, seeing like, longevity with someone and like really feeling confident yeah. in my feelings because um like I do like him I like spending time with him we have a great time together but I can't say for sure right now like oh yeah like I see this going the distance and like for me like I would rather I'm at a point now where I'm like I'm not just trying to like jump into a relationship like especially because I'm 
somewhat still new to LA. Like I really want to like take it slow, like emotionally and be like, okay, like let's really get to know each other before we slap a label on this. Um, which I'm very happy with, like, that's how I want, but that's what I want right now. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. Like, I'm like, we're going to keep going out and seeing each other. Um, and just like, see how it goes, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's he's, he's a really great guy. Um, so we'll just, I look forward to hearing more offline as well. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. That's really like the update. Is he tall? Six foot? <laughs> he's not tall. He's not tall. But he's, but he, what, he's a good okay. height. He's a good I'll, height. I'll keep the other questions. <laughs> his friend off. his friend listens to this podcast. And so I just Hi, know friends. his friend is going to like hear this. Hi, and friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, no, I like the pace you're going at. I think it's important also because, yes, we get like really eager to just jump into something, but also like have boundaries, but not like too much. And also just know that meeting someone on a Saturday for months on end, it doesn't mean you know them on a Tuesday night, like yeah. on busy season. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the biggest thing. And then another thing that you said that like sparked something in me, you're like, you know, like I've, I've gotten so like screwed over by all these guys mm-hmm. you were supposed to because they weren't right for you. And right. thank God they did because they didn't drag it on like much longer than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Like you're at the end of the day, you're going to go out with so many people and you're going to have way more hurt than love because you're only looking for one person unless you're looking for multiple. So it's like the more people you meet, the more disappointment in different ways but like you're mm-hmm. only looking for one person so you kind of gotta see the whole like okay. vision board before mm-hmm. you pick that one person so yeah I feel like it's good because you really know your options mm-hmm. and it plays like you didn't just jump into a relationship when you moved there yeah yeah you, that's really true you really got a taste yeah no I actually really like what you just said I think that is important to kind of like zoom out and look at like the bigger picture because like a lot of people do like get her a lot in dating yeah but you're and right I, I said that a lot too but mm-hmm. I, now I'm like I was looking for a one person like of course the however many people that aren't around aren't around because I found one person that was yeah bad. exactly exactly so yeah we will see how that goes um yeah, that's yeah we canceled out option two. We have answers. Yeah, so so we'll see uh, how it goes. That's really my my main I'll update. I think I talked about Vegas. I don't remember. It was really fun. Good time. Um, went there for a friend's birthday. Um, had a friend's engagement party this past week. Didn't weekend. you meet a big DJ? Hello. Uh, yeah, I met Zed. Yeah. That was fun. That was a good time. Um, Hell yeah. You my friend really helped hook it up. Um, and yeah, I really feel like that's it. I'm trying to think. Um, oh, and next month I'll be going to on a Spain trip with Ola Me, the same trip that I, same organization that I went to Israel with last summer. Very fun. So, yeah, that should be exciting and yeah I don't know what about you Libby any any exciting updates anything new 
I'm in my cooking era and like buying different groceries and like trying to trying to mess around with different recipes. Mm-hmm. So that's been like a fun, fun thing just for me. I've been like finding cooking to be really therapeutic. So mm-hmm. I feel like I've been eating more food that I make than going out, which is cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I got a really big package from True Fruit, which is like chocolate covered fruit they sent me like so many boxes oh my god yum and it's so good so good they have strawberries they have blueberries they have coconut like mm-hmm. it's it's insane I literally I'm like every time we do these updates I look through my camera roll because I mm-hmm. want to make sure I don't miss anything since mm-hmm. we last talked mm-hmm. but yeah enjoying the nice weather reconnected with Jack after <laughs> pre-passover because I hadn't seen him since the holidays so that was that was fun mm-hmm. so in our like double date era <laughs> we just keep like hanging out with couples that we like which is fun yeah um and yeah actually we hung out at um we hung out this weekend like with two of my girlfriends which is really fun that like he could just like be one of the girls too yeah yeah so I think at least for me, that was really important in like finding a partner to just yeah. like hang out. Yeah. Yeah. Like as like as much as that is important to have fun when you're like out and about, you also need to be able to just like enjoy each other's company when you're just like doing nothing. Yeah, exactly. And we also spend time with my brother and then we spend time with his brother. Um, and then it was also Maxine's birthday this weekend. So oh, yeah. Do you guys do anything fun? Um, we just went to her fiance's and then a bar. Oh my God. That's crazy that it's true. It's her fiance now, not her boyfriend. Yeah. Um, slay. Oh my God. That's, <laughs> but yeah, that's the tea. Nothing, nothing really cray cray on my end. Um, but yeah, excited for it to get warmer out and June vibes. It's like happy vibes. Yeah, the weather here for months has honestly been so bad. So I think everyone is definitely, and that's obviously out of the ordinary, you know, people mm-hmm. are used to LA not raining. And so as it slowly seems to be getting better, people are very excited for this nicer weather. So hype. But yeah, guys, you are in for a treat through this episode. Libby's right. We have a very funny guy who... I I'm sure you feel the same, Libby. I feel like he's gonna like keep growing in this industry that he's in. Like, feel very confident that he'll like be successful. I mean, he's already found, you know, he's gotten some like great opportunities already, being kind of like green. So yeah, a matter of time. Super inspiring for you too, since it's such a similar like world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he definitely. I don't know if he's considers. I think he probably considers himself more comedian than actor, but mm-hmm. he feel like he, you know, would happily, you know, continue with that actor stuff too. I'm excited to watch him flourish and I'm excited for you guys to get to know him a little bit better off of just online and yes. comedy. Yes, yes. So please enjoy this week's episode. 
This week, we welcome the talented actor and comedian Eli Leonard. He's well known for his hilarious jokes, poking fun at ridiculous Jewish stereotypes, and has starred in HBO's Curb Your Enthusiasm. We're extremely excited to have him on this week. Please give it up for Eli. Wow. Thank you. you. Look, um, that was nice of you to say, but I wouldn't say I'm well known for anything. And I I co-starred. It was a co-star role. The star, the star had the star is Larry David. <laughs> I had 15 seconds. All love to Larry. 15 seconds All love to you too. Yeah. And, the, and the Jewish community, you are well known, I think. It's true, as Elon loves <laughs> to say, Jewish. I'm, I'm serious. I mentioned Jewish someone. Famous. I mentioned to someone that I was having you on the podcast, and they're, and they're like, oh, I know who that is. You know. No opinion. Uh that was the end of the conversation. Mother. It sounds like it was not good. It no, sounds like shout out, shout out to Eli for updating his computer for this episode. So it yes. will be a special one. Yes, um, yes. I updated the software. Okay, so so for each episode, we'll normally start with like we call it the relationship update of the week. So it's basically just like if you've gone on like any dates recently or like Anything that's somewhat recent in your life that could be somewhat related to the romantic part of your life. Wow. You could not be getting me at a better time. I mean, truly. Just, I mean, for you, not for me. <laughs> um, look, I was, just, I was just in a relationship for four years. And we oh. split. We, we split. Wow. We split. And it got real quick on here. Wait, how long ago was that? I mean, a couple months now, but you know, no, four, that's not, no I mean, no, but four, four years, years, a couple months, months. Yeah. yeah, you know, it says they say. I guess it takes half the time you're in a relationship to get over it. Right. I don't know who says that, but I did hear that from someone. I'm yeah. trying, to, you know, I'm trying to expedite that process. We um, all try to. Yeah. Wow. Uh, oh God. Well, yeah. first of all, it's a very different update than what we normally get. Usually yeah. people are just like, I went on dinner. People yeah, well, you, you you brought on the titan of sadness. <laughs> so no, sorry. But, but it's okay because, you know, it's interesting. I've been seeing a lot about like April is like the month where people are like defining if their relationship should last past April. Apparently that's a big deal. Did not know that. Well, April. we did four times. <laughs> I mean, we passed April four times. Yeah. <laughs> wow. This but time not this April. Yeah. yeah, not this one. Something about April, man. Well, was there anything in particular that you learned from the experience or that you could impart or wish from, you knew? From the breaking up, from the specific part of breaking up. Or just the relationship, whatever you're comfortable sharing. Wow. I mean, there's there's so much. I mean, there's we, we could make this a therapy session. <laughs> No, come on. I, I, I pay someone for that. I promise we will move from this topic. (laughs) No, I I don't care. I'm fine. But you know, I, I pay someone pretty handsomely. Yeah. You know, I got a, I I have a dual, I have a dual, I have a psych, psychologist, psychiatrist combo. Jewish Jewish though, right? Goldberg, Goldstein. No, 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 (laughs) no. You know, you're giving them the money. No, I believe, I believe, I believe in combating every stereotype possible great <laughs> none of my doctors are jewish what about your lawyer you know i'm in a, you know i'm in a lawsuit 
<laughs> um, look, if I had a lawyer, we're learning a I, lot in this relationship. I think if I had a lawyer, if I had a lawyer, I'd you know I'd first try and find a non-Jew. It might be difficult, you know. <laughs> it might be hard in LA, right? To find right. a non. Makes sense. <laughs> but I don't know. I haven't tested the market. See, that might be anti-Semitic. What I just said. <laughs> it might be hard. Got it. Got but it. It's not. We should just give him the whole set <laughs> and just answer everything from now on. Um, okay, cool. And so since this occurred, are you mentally in like, a, oh, like I could go on a date if someone was like, yo, I know someone for you. Oh, I couldn't say no. Uh, it's just not like me to say no. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm really a yes man. <laughs> cool. I love that. I love that. Okay. So are you, is that like a thing? Will I be ready? Doing? I don't know if I'll be, if I'm ready, you know. No, but like but matchmaking, is, is, that, is that like a ick or like, that's like a, okay. No, so. it's not an ick, you know, there's no, there's no ick in, in meeting someone. Cool. Good to know. Good to know. That's I, mean, a, I think that's a really good um, perspective to have. If they're icky, you know, I'll <laughs> learn. I'll learn that quickly. I think, <laughs> you know, or. Or after a long, not saying that my ex is icky, you know, I was going to sort of make a joke or after four years, four years yeah. but that's not even true. Right. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. I, yeah. I have a question. For yeah. the okay. So we lived together. Oh, we okay. lived together for years. And then um, we both, you know, when we decided the breakup was official, I guess, you know, I, I have to admit she, she decided that mm-hmm. we had been, we had been toying with it for a long time, but the final straw was hers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so one of us had to move out and we were both looking for a place. And so she found a place first. It just so happens it's on it's on my block. It's on the same block that I live on. What? Wow. Is, I mean, is this I mean, she likes the area. Yeah. I, I just wonder. OK, so are you going to ask us how we, how we would feel about that? Yeah. What would you feel if your ex moved to the end of your block? I feel like, okay, this reminds me, I have a really close friend from home and they're, they were together for like many years after college, they broke up and then he moved in, I think literally like two blocks from us in New York city. And like they ran and then we're, when he first told us, when, when she first told us, like my ex is moving in two blocks from where we live right now, we all were like, all the places you could choose to live and you choose two blocks from your ex-girlfriend, like. I feel like, oh, on one hand, I'm like, I get it. Cause like, she's familiar with the area and area and she likes it. I also but feel areas, like, areas tend to be pretty large. Right. Exactly. So I'm, I, I do see a perspective, but I also feel like probably should have tried to move further away. There should be some sense of starting over. I feel like, you know, it, it would have, yeah. I would say, I would say two blocks would have been a luxury in this case. There's got to be yeah. a radius we could come up with. It has to be like at least a five minute drive. I mean, I would like at least a turn, you know, I would like to <laughs> a turn. And that, that's respectful. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think. Wait, that's do you, wait, 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 close. really quick. Do you bump into each other? Uh, we haven't, we haven't yet. We haven't yet. I mean, she dropped off some mail once, you know, mm-hmm. but no, we haven't run in, in the wild. Yeah. Interesting. I think yeah. that, yeah, I think it's a little too close. I feel like that's not, probably no, it's bound to happen. You know, I, don't, I'm I not feel a, like we have a game, cute or cringe. 
And even I feel like if you're dating and don't live together, like I know people that like moved in on the same block when they were dating before. And it's like, you can have something on your own too. Especially like after the breakup, I think it's important to like really define like what's yours and it doesn't all have to be like the same, especially if you have like the same circles and stuff. For sure. Like it's good to have like some boundary, like I'm in a relationship Marla's single. That's how I make this podcast really work. Yeah. Uh, my boyfriend's in Brooklyn. I'm in Manhattan. So we joke it's long distance. Very so different. Take, what do you have to take? The the G? What? You take the G? You take I don't the, think the, the L? G. He takes the NQR. Oh, AQR. NQR, AQR. NQR. Yeah, NQR. Yeah. But but yes. I was yes, just in New York. I was just in New York. I know. I saw you in New York. Yeah, but you know your your listeners don't. So I was recently there. You know, mm. it was not very long ago. I was in New York, and it was for mm. about a week. And now, and oh, I didn't get a bagel. I didn't what? get a bagel. No, no, no. no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm so no I'm B so, word right now. No, I can't. Okay, Passover. Oh, I can't. Passover. Do it. Mm, I understand. I no, I understand what you're saying. I didn't get a B word. I Did got you get no pizza. Words. Do you get pizza? Yeah, I got pizza. But okay. I got no B words because, again, I don't want to be seen getting a B word. I don't want to <laughs> perpetuate. I that on a shirt. I do not want to be seen getting a B word. I don't so want to be publicly eating a B word. It's not good for me. The B I mean, word right now is the equivalent of the G word to college girls. Like, don't say the G word. Don't say the G word. Graduating. Don't say oh. the G word. Yeah. Oh, oh! College girls are upset yeah. to graduate. So yeah. upset to graduate. Yeah, when you're a senior, you're always like, "Don't say it! Don't say it!" Yeah, oh. so cringe. But let's get <laughs> yeah. into you. Let's get into you. You're clearly very witty, very funny. How did that happen? How did you get into comedy? Tell us the tea. How did I get into comedy? Well, I think I became funny because I was the youngest of three boys. I mean, that's such a generic origin story. But you know, they really were mean to me. You know, they really bullied the shit out of me um, <laughs> and put me in positions where, you know, you know, they would sort of trot me out to their to their buddies. Mm. And, you know, I'd have to sort of play. Mm. And sometimes I would say I would do it on my own. I think they would even say I did it on my own. You know, like I would shoot the shit with their friends, you know, but. You know, okay, look, when I was five years old, we went to London and they put a camcorder on me, you know, and, and wanted me to start doing something. And immediately I started hitting um, my <laughs> with a beanie baby. Just very. Not the P word. Not the P word. Not the P word. My pee pee. Started hitting my pee pee with a uh, beanie baby. And I, think, and I think that was. I think and it was that moment. It was that moment. Well, that was funny. I mean, that was and I, that, that, and that, five year olds I, come up with that. That's yeah. That's well, com- and I learned sort of comedy is pain. So I sort of did a lot in my life to. This is the best in- answer to anyone. Who pain. Yeah, oh, that's great. Um, to enforce pain in my life, you know. So. Yeah. Um, but then, no, I didn't even I didn't really know that I was going to do it until uh college you know i i always wanted to be in like movies it was uh um my biggest regret in life was in ninth grade a serious man the the coen brothers movie came to minnesota to cast 
and I didn't go to the casting because I was at an I was at an ultimate frisbee tournament, and um, you know I had to go. I had to be there for my team, and that's you a huge. Troy event. Bolton, Troy Bolton, <laughs> literally Troy? from High School Musical. Oh, he well, he did basketball and he was a theater kid. Oh yeah, see, I didn't have the bandwidth for that. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I, and I, you know what I'm going to say? I don't think he did either. I don't think he would have. I think that's Do the most. Do not talk about Troy Bolton like that. Yeah. Troy, and now working hardly free. Well, I just want to know, like, how did he have time for all that? You know, did he get into college? He, he was inspired by Hannah Montana, best think, of both worlds. I think he did get into college, didn't he? I don't remember how. He's going to be school three, college. He got, and everything. he got good grades. Yeah. I think he, no, I think he had a scholarship. I don't like this story. I don't think it's tracking. <laughs> okay. Okay, but so so college, so so you so college is when you start. Oh, you're trying to get me back on track? A little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So then in college, I really didn't know what to do. You know, I went for um pre-med. Well, I didn't I didn't even know what I was doing. I went to University of Michigan and I didn't know what I was gonna do. And I sort of tried pre-med for a bit and, um, I, you know, I got a D on a test and that was enough for me. I couldn't mm-hmm. do that anymore. I couldn't stand to do poorly in a class. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just started taking film classes and, uh, international studies. And those are just sort of notoriously sort of easy, right? you know, but I liked the film classes and then I started doing TV writing and I was always funny, but I just didn't have, like the tools, yeah. Yeah, the tools are just, I guess, the guts, you know. And then um, junior year, going into senior year, I came to L.A. on a, on an internship. I worked for this company called Gorilla Flicks, which is, um, it's like uh, the guy who directs Jackass. His name is Jeff Tremaine. It's his production company. And then from then on, I was like, okay, so the next year I'm going to come out here. Uh, you know, when I graduate, I'll come out here and start my life doing comedy, you know, and then my senior year in college, I started writing for uh, like a satire blog and I started doing a little bit of stand up. Um, and then I would always do these roasts um, at the end of the semester for a fraternity. Um, I mean, pretty, pretty crazy. I was in a fraternity to look back at it. You know, I'm really not. <laughs> was it a pie? It was, I mean, it was ABP? Sam. Oh, Sammy. Sam, okay. you know. yeah. Sammy. I knew it had to be one of those three. <laughs> sort of the, well, I don't know if it's really the Dennis Rodman of the three. It's more of like the Steve Kerr. It's basketball. Look, it's an irrelevant Jewish. To the, I think when you make basketball references, you may be talking to the wrong girls. Okay, it's sort yeah, of like wrong. it's sort of like the, Troy Bolton was the closest I'll get. Well, okay, Derek wait, Jeter, who, who, baseball. Who passes maybe? the ball to Troy Bolton? Corbin Blue. <laughs> Corbin, sort of a. But is Corbin attractive? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so who's who is on the bench? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, one of high school musicals bench players. Okay. You know, that's sort of. We'll, the, we'll dig it up. We'll dig it up. Are you comparing yourself to one of the bench players? No, this the fraternity. You know, the oh, the frater- oh, right, right, right. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. all the okay. all they wanted to be. So was you fraternity. roasted the fraternity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it love was they were, they were pretty notorious. As you should. We love yeah. a good fraternity roast. Yeah. Um, and then and then I came to L.A. and I started you know, doing improv through the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. And then I started doing independent shows. And then I started doing clown work, which is sort of like taking over LA at the moment. And then 
um, during the pandemic, I started working like jokes and I was just like, I got, I can't do improv anymore because it's too reliant on other people. And I started doing stand up. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's like sort of the performance trajectory. Um, that's a pretty long answer. No, we love that answer. Yeah. No, it also helps to give like some background, like it's interesting. And so do you feel like, I mean, I feel like in, in my mind, I kind of make might already know what the obvious answer to this next question is, but has there been a defining moment in your career so far? Oh yeah, there has been. I mean, the, the most, the defining moment in my career would have been, I was an assistant on Curb Your Enthusiasm for uh, two and a half years. I was like Larry David's production assistant, Larry David's essentially Larry David's producer's assistant. Mm -hmm. um, and I had come on as someone in post-production during the editing of season nine. And, you know, I was sort of shitting my pants at this opportunity, which I got just through, uh, you know, a connection from a job I had previously, you know, like an office coordinator had mm -hmm. found this opening somewhere. I mean, she worked at Curb as an accountant and then she, you know, just hit me up like two years after I'd worked for her previously. So it was, it was, it was crazy. I mean, it was luck, but, uh, but then I got that job and then as I was leaving season nine, you know, as, you know, as he was taking hiatus for season 10, um, I was like saying my goodbyes. And he asked me, you know, if I would want to start pitching ideas for the show. And, mm -hmm. um, and then if, you know, if he liked him and used them, that he would pay me. So that was definitely the defining moment that sort of kicked, like, that was when things definitely became real. You know, I was, you know, my sort of my first, like, writing job my my first job for pay in show business was like writing ideas for curb your enthusiasm and that definitely was like amazing that was oh. it i mean that i i don't think it's going to get better than that like it's just already no i mean my life's been eroding ever since um and you know that was like i guess 2018 or something like that so um yeah that was that was it that was definitely it Wow. But I mean, I feel like that when he, so he just like approached you kind of, No, I mean, I was giving him lunch every day, you know, I was taking his oh, lunch okay. after, I was, I was getting him coffee, everything he needed. I was just his little runner boy basically right. for him mm -hmm. and, uh, and the producer. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, Laura, who was my boss. I love Laura, but they were, you know, that's all I was doing was just getting their stuff. You know, yeah. sometimes I'd be able to touch Microsoft word, mm -hmm. you know, for the job. Right. No, it, it wouldn't be difficult. You made work. your way, yeah. yeah. And like, oh no, but it, what, I'm saying just to make like a sign that says like uh, plates. <laughs> yeah. If there was anyone who got a chance similar to where you were, like, what advice would you give them? I mean, uh, well, okay. I mean, when you are given that type of chance, I would say drop everything and work. I mean, it really is, um, you know, I was, I was working in the office. They brought me back for season 10 as the same assistant role. Um, but I had this other thing going on the side. And so every waking moment was just, you know, coming up ideas for curb and just making yeah. them, getting them in tip top shape, cutting them down, you know, three, four sentences, tops a piece, mm -hmm. you know, or that was the hope. Yeah. Um, and making sure they were funny and just yeah i mean really it is like 
when an opportunity is real, just like you just have to do everything. Like everything has to take a secondary role in your life, honestly. Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily like the healthiest thing now because I still do have that mentality, but, um, but you have to rise to the occasion and it like you really, it really is an occasion. Like they, they're, they're judging you based on your work and like, don't, you don't, you don't get that opportunity like more than once or twice. Mm. Um, Yeah. No, that that's so true. And what was it like kind of going, I guess, obviously working in their writer's room kind of behind the scenes to when you got that 15 seconds of fame on screen oh well that was like a long you know that was a long time in the making I guess because I had I had worked for them for two and a half years and I was been pitching these ideas and then over quarantine you know they were writing another season mm-hmm. and I had heard through the grapevine you know or I'd heard through through them that that um there was going to be like a young Larry storyline that they were going to be doing a storyline with Larry David as a young man in a TV show. And I was like, okay, this has to, I have to, I have to get this. Like mm-hmm. I have to do this or, you know, or I have to at least put my name in or, or I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. Yeah. So I sent in, you know, amongst some pitches, I sent in uh, like a reel, a reel of footage and, you know, an, an email and I was asking for like an audition for it. And they did. They gave me an audition for that. Um, I didn't get that. They, you know, they went with um, John Rudnitsky for that role, who was great. I mean, it's just a completely different, you know, he's not like, he he wasn't, he doesn't look like Larry. He's like uh, more, they wanted like a Ben Stiller type. Um, and so that's just the way they were going. I mean, and I also didn't get the role. I mean, I can say I also didn't get it, um, which I think is a tremendous oversight. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the great casting mishaps in the history of television um, but in any case, uh, yeah, that was great. That, but that was just a day, you know, that was a day of my life. Once all the work that was put into it, you mm-hmm. know, ended up essentially being three hours Yeah. Where, you know, the cameras were on and I <laughs> was hardly told what to do. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's been great. I mean, that's definitely, uh, helped me get some sort of legitimacy in my, for sure, you know, career. Uh, even if only for a, a scene, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's definitely like parlayed into other jobs, you know, however big or small they might be. Right. Right. But, how, you know, like from one to the other, yeah, it was a long time. And when it happened, it, you know, I was shitting my pants. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was, it that's was, awesome. yeah. I mean, I didn't have fun in the moment. I will say that. Were you stressed? Way too stressed. But immediately after, I mean, right afterwards, I thought, oh, f- I, I screwed up my scene. This wasn't funny. I didn't do, I didn't dance well enough for, <laughs> for these sick pigs. And then, um, but then like, I, I took like uh, two, three minutes to myself to sort of wallow in that pity. And then I, all of a sudden I was like, what the f- am I wor- so worried about? I just yeah. was on the show, you know, yeah. that was, that was it. So it's such a thing to get in your head and like be such a perfectionist, like no matter what's going on, like you could be handed like the best opportunity, but like everything in here is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And you know, the role was so it was just like to, to stretch the plot. So it wasn't, it wasn't like this opportunity. Like I, it was, I didn't feel like I should have gone off into some 
some, you know, big monologue with them or tried to like get into it too much, right. but because you know, they, people are getting paid a lot of money and that's like, right. I'm just wasting people's time if I'm doing that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just cause I was like, I saw what it was like on the other side of it too, where, you know, behind the camera, behind the screens on the monitors, it's like, all right, you know, you can tell when there's sort of a dud on set. And I was like, okay, just whatever it is. I just don't want to be like that. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you knew too much. And you also probably <laughs> yeah. were in a situation where you knew already what they didn't like. Or yeah, what they I did thought like. that, you know? Stop. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I definitely thought that I knew what they didn't like. Yeah. Um, because I'd sort of been writing to that for mm-hmm. a while. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you had that, though, because it was yeah. kind of like a, a good present for all the time you put into. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. And, you know, a lot of the a lot of the work people, you know, say it's like thankless work being a PA sometimes or but, you know, I. You know, and I I put myself out there for it, so it wasn't like given to me again, you know, and so, it yeah, it felt good. It felt good to sort of. Uh, sort of continue to. Collect on my own. Yeah. Work, basically. Yeah you know and get what about memorable celebrity encounters you had while working on the show was there like an experience that you really really loved while working on the show I mean there was definitely a moment uh the first time that I met Ted Danson you know I was sort of around I was like I was dancing like I was around yeah I was I was uh schmucking around what is it I'm schmucking around yeah Yeah, I was was schmucking around a little bit and (laughs) um oh is this is this one of those I schmucked around quite a bit. Yeah, um, we was we 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 were faint a little from cursing. Yeah, okay, okay. I was uh yeah, I was I was doing that. I was I was actually dancing like a little bit on set, you know, like away from the people who worked hard, you know, and sort of a a place where yeah. it was just me and another PA. And then he sees us and I'm I'm frightened, you know, it's the first time I'm seeing him. And I also think, you know, no no one should see me having fun at work. But immediately he comes over and he starts like, well, he goes, oh, I want to join. And he he starts like coming. He comes over and starts dancing. And he was definitely like the most gracious person because I was like, you know, I, I would throw away people's stuff, you know, it's like, yeah. and, and he like, he wouldn't let me. Oh, my God. He's like, no, I'll do it. I'm like, what? Not Like, no, don't. <laughs> I yeah. Don't you know how to be famous? Like, yeah. <laughs> like no I'll do me and you do you (laughs) yeah I was like okay you know you're like begging to take his trash (laughs) I mean essentially you know uh just to do a good just to do right by him and then uh yeah he was great um I don't know I mean the first time I met JB too I was in the office and he came in before the season started shooting and I worked in the this assistant office which is where um, on season nine, episode one, it's called Foisted. And it's like about um, an assistant being like foisted on to another person, you know, like basically like not firing your assistant or sort of firing your assistant, but giving them to another person, you know, as sort of like, a, you know, throwing them on to someone else. So they're not your problem anymore. Yeah. And first thing he says to me is like, he's like, oh, you're in the room. Don't get foisted. Don't get foisted. Um you know, and, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Everyone was so great. Like Susie gave out Hanukkah gelt, uh, during Hanukkah. She That's came in. So with nice. everybody. 
Oh yeah, the Jews are gonna love that. Susie Espen gave out gout. <laughs> Ooh, that's fun. Ooh, <laughs> love. So kind of going a bit um, more to your stand-up career. I've actually thought of this question. I think when I was watching you at Chosen Fest, because I've seen you perform a few times. I love stand-up comedy, and I don't know why I never thought about this until recently. But does it ever get tiring telling some of the same jokes? obviously like you repeat bits a lot and like do you ever feel like it gets tiring like you kind of like it's especially because some of your bits like you're really getting into this like you know that funny like character you do the whole that thing like does it ever get tiring and you're like oh I don't want to do this again well yeah well the way that I try to avoid that is to put something in the bit that I like really enjoy doing like I can tell that a lot of stand-ups after one or two times, just don't like telling their jokes. So mm-hmm. I, I, I want to put in something physical, you know, something that makes it interesting that I can decide how much the crowd wants or is ready for right. of a joke, basically. Um, but no, it gets so, it, like if I tell a joke one time at like an open mic where I'm working it out, usually that's the last time I'll ever tell it. Like it takes, it takes a while for me to get something into my act And, um, yeah, I mean, I I get furious telling a joke more than once, you know, because it's like I I get so and in the scene, you see so many of the people, the same people. So it's like you're doing the same joke in front of the same people. And that's, you know, yeah, like I I try to avoid it and just sort of, Mm. you know, I, I mean, I really like to improvise or or have something loose, but. Um, it does make it difficult when I really do need to do like 15 minutes of club comedy, like Mm -hmm. specifically in clubs or like at the Orpheum, you know, that's like, a, you know, I wouldn't say stringent, but it's like, you know, it's not a crowd that's sort of necessarily on your side right away. Mm -hmm. Like they want to see you because you're going to make them laugh. They don't assume you're going to give them the goods. They, they're like judging already, especially Jewish audiences, you know, arms crossed arms crossed analyzing you know why really why is this what they're doing with their lives you know why? is that a thing though do people see jewish audiences in that realm because i feel like in other words too if you're doing if you're doing jewish comedy shouldn't they like you more than other people? yeah but it has to be a kind of judaism that they agree with i mean i mean especially that's like, what it is from from, from, from audiences <laughs> Okay, so you were just telling us a story about, I believe, yes. a potential time you bombed. Oh, the biggest bomb. I mean, it's it, it's a I I think it's a great story now. Great, because we were going to ask you about a time you bombed. So it's perfect. Yeah, no, this was as bad as I bombed. I was opening for this was like, um, you know, I would say, still maybe in the pandemic, like mm-hmm. during the pandemic, and we did this from winery kosher winery in oxnard um oh the herzog one i think it's the herzog one yeah if it's not the herzog one i'm so sorry to whoever it was Uh, (laughs) you're not listening this far it's fine (laughs) Um, well so yeah and i was like super nervous because it was the first time i was doing like 10 minutes and i was opening for elon and and you know to me that was a that was a huge spot especially at the time you know that was like the first time i was doing it um, and, uh, I was also kind of nervous about COVID-19, um, at the time, you Fair know, enough. 
Fair I, enough. You know, I unfortunately I was one of the people who was reading at at the time, so I believed what they were saying about masks, and not a lot of people that were wearing them. <laughs> um, okay, so I get I come on do my my jokes. And, I, you know, they, I don't know if at the time they were really jokes. I, I don't know if I really had anything to work with. I think I was just sort of having a meltdown, mm-hmm. but I was not getting laughs. You know, some, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's funny to watch a meltdown. And I, I think when I do it, it can be a great part of my act, but yeah. you know, purposeful or not. It's just because having an honest moment on stage can really bring people in and make them laugh, but not this group. Yeah. And um, there, was a, there was a man with a long beard must have been like 83 to 90 years old, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he's, he's arms crossed the whole time. I'm maybe seven minutes into my 10 to 12 and I'm, yeah, no, I'm really botching it, but I, I look at him and I'm like, okay, Rashi, you gotta, you gotta give me something. Uh, look, if, um, is it, is it my time to get off the stage? And, and he just goes like this. He just not, he just nods his head in approval for the first time, you know? And, um, and then I say, okay, okay. So here's, here's what will happen. I will get off the stage. I will do that right now. If this crowd erupts in applause. And for the first time that night, I had gotten a reaction from the audience and they start, <laughs> they start clapping. And I'm oh like, all God. right, all right. This is, this has been, uh, I'll be here all night. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's one of those times where it's very unfortunate that you, uh, you got to stay, you know, <laughs> I had to show oh. my face. It's, it's actually very hard to like, see, I don't know how some people can be like so disrespectful at comedy. Like it really is crazy to me. Well, I don't know. I think I can understand it. I, I get the audience like, in LA now. Like I think, yeah. I think what we're doing is also terrible. I think that what I, you know, if you're there for a show, because he might have just been there for dinner and he was yeah. there for a show. But, I mean, the rest, but the rest of them, no, but for I will say for from audiences, they're going to a show. I don't know why. If they don't, you know, and I talk to Elon Gold about this a lot, but he he t- you know, he lo- he loves playing to them, but it's always you know, the first 20 minutes is just getting them into a zone mm-hmm. where they're like ready to laugh, mm-hmm. you know, and as an opener, I don't get it's that. It's like the emotional prep of acting, yeah. like reading the room. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's something too, like I've talked to Elon about also, because I, I went to school for acting, like graduated BFA, like my whole background was scripted. And then I started TikTok as this Jewish mom persona and Jewish comedy, pretty much all improv that I would make up like on the spot. And as much as I would want to do comedy, it's also about like finding the middle ground of like, what can I actually say about these people? Because it comes so clearly when I do characters. But what if the people in my life don't want to be talked about? (laughs) So like finding that that balance. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's (laughs) I would say talk about you would say talk about it. <laughs> so does everybody else. You, Eric Newman, Elon. Yeah, talk about it. They're all waiting. Them. They're all like, come on, Libby. Yeah, just, I guess, maybe give them a different name. You know, put them in yeah. a different 
borough or whatever the right or whatever the right i'll just put my mom in a different borough uh, well, yeah well, i don't know if, if you're if you're if you're so compelled to talk about your mother listen you, my mom works in pr and she's made that very clear when i started this whole thing oh that she'll end you Mm-hmm. That's the type of thing you got to talk about. I know. <laughs> That's such a thing to do. I know, but That's menacing. I, I can't. will I will end <laughs> I will end the joy in your She's life. Like Libby, I birthed you. People from work watch you. Libby, I'm like, but you don't listen to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my safe space. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's great. Um, but okay, go okay, go off, Queen. I mean, just go. <laughs> this is your safe space. Look, we, all of the people who follow you, all the people who follow you, have been waiting for this moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. A long time. They all know it's my mom. It's fine. I know, but they've been waiting for you to sort of air it out. Yeah, no, I love my mom. She's great. She she really did start my my whole thing, which is how Marla and I met, and how we're all here in the podcast and all that. So thankful to her. So thankful. So. Th- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And she yet, there still might be something <laughs> you. It's okay. We'll talk. Maybe, maybe we'll come up with something that you can use. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Maybe I got enough with my mom. I, yeah, he's like, I'm good. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't. But, get okay, it. let's talk Judaism as we're getting into the whole Jewish moms. Um, uh, good topic. Good yes. Topic. Yeah, one we all know not so well. Um, how has Judaism fit into your life over time? What does that look like? Well, I went to a Jewish elementary school in Minneapolis called Minneapolis Jewish Day School. And mm-hmm. so that was like, I, and it was, it was a conservative, you know, not reform, not modern Orthodox, you know, just right in the middle there. Mm-hmm. So we sort of just got, you know, the, the straight down the middle, you know, straight to the vein prayers all in hebrew you know so at this point it's tough to go to a reform synagogue when they start doing english because yeah. I, just, I just want the heart I, I want the i want the real hits you know mm-hmm. you know but um okay but but then uh right after that i went to uh an episcopalian middle school and high school um so i went from you know a jewish school to a christian school like wow you know uh, and so, you know, I was sort of at that point, it, it was weird because, you know, I, I was both defiantly Jewish as sort of something to hold on to in my identity. And also because, you know, there, there, there were people who were, you know, pretty brutal to me about mm. being a Jew. Um, so, you know, I actually like, I kept kosher until I was 13. And then, um, when I went and then I stopped for a little bit, but then when I went to the, went to Breck, which was the high school, I started keeping it again, you know, and they were like, so I thought, you know, this would be sort of, you know, I'd be able to reclaim it in this sort of, you know, non-Jewish setting. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and then I went to summer camp, you know, Jewish summer camp and which so it's, one? yeah, uh, Herzl, Camp Herzl, Herzl Camp. It's in uh, okay. Webster, Webster, Wisconsin. I'm a Ramah kid. Oh, Ramah. Okay. There's a Ramah, Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there's Ramahs everywhere. But um, Herzl's one of a kind. You know, <laughs> send your kids. Send your kids. Take a chance on it. Are you getting money? For <laughs> no. No. And even when I worked there, I, it really wasn't much. <laughs> you know, 
20 hour days for eight weeks straight, you know, you get like a thousand bucks at the end of the summer. Mm -hmm. But it's the Uh, best thousand bucks you ever make. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, (laughs) I at this point have preferred it be two thousand. Yeah. I'd like groceries. Um, but you know, for a while I sort of, I didn't necessarily like turn away from Judaism, but I did, um, just sort of stop practicing, um, mm-hmm. later in high school and in college, just cause it, it made me uncomfortable. Um, and I didn't find like, I didn't find the joy in it. Um, mm-hmm. like with my parents, we stopped going to to temple when when my brothers left for college and I was done with my bar mitzvah we sort of stopped going and you know I was, we still did the traditions but I didn't realize at the time that those traditions were sort of being ingrained in me and like as much as I didn't like doing the four questions that like now it's like really important for me to go to a seder um yeah and but you know now I would say you know the first couple of years in LA uh were uh, you know, I kept, I kept kosher again then, and then I stopped again, but I have become sort of, I would say this is like the most Jewish I've ever been the most like, wow. mm-hmm. um, I don't know if it's practicing, but definitely like in my spirit, like it definitely grows every, every single day. Like so much of my comedy is, and so much of what I find funny is yeah. Judaism and like, mm. you know, I feel that way too. Marlon and I were just talking about this in our last episode too, like about our Jewish identities and how they've changed in the past just year alone since we started this podcast. Mm -hmm. But I think Jewish comedy also made me closer to Judaism and like understand it in a different way. And I got to connect with different Jews in a way that I never had before. Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, and uh, working with uh, Elon Gold and and the Chosen Comedy Festival and everything, you know, he he plays for extremely Jewish audiences. So mm-hmm. as I'm sort of making my way and, um, you know, I guess it would be sort of like the alternative alt, alt comedy scene in parallel to this like club scene that I work with with him. And then yeah. another subsection that I play with him is like, you know, uh, observant Jews. Mm-hmm. And, I've had to win that crowd over, you know, the first time as, you know, as you know, that was, was terrifying. Mm -hmm. bombed. But I've, he's taught me a lot of the ways, you know, that, that he's used, you know, just. He's great. We love him. Big Elon fan. Yeah. And, um, but you know, now I'm, I've been able to do uh, the chosen festival and, you know, sort of level the room. That was, you know, that was definitely one of my better shows. Mm -hmm. so, um, So, you know, I've been working, you know, it's just, it's, it's like the struggle, but it's sort of, it's become really nice, you know, to have, um, to have like a strong identity. Yeah. A hundred percent. And you, you mentioned this briefly, um, like a few moments ago about like some anti-Semitism maybe you faced when you were, um, going to school. So one thing I want to ask you is, I guess, have you faced anti-Semitism, whether it's on under like Instagram posts or, you know, Instagram reels or in real life or both. And kind of how do you, how you dealt with those um, um, interactions like in the moment or after the fact? 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's difficult. I do. I do face anti-Semitism. Like quite, yeah. uh, I would say in the open mic stand-up scene, it's mm-hmm. quite a bit of it too. And it's like, sometimes it's micro and sometimes it's flat out. Um, right. There are just a lot of people who are allowed to say whatever they want. You know, if they pay five bucks or put their name in a bucket mm-hmm. and all of them are comics um, by trade, you know, some of them just are angry people, but some of them are comedians. Yeah. Uh, you know, whose work I, I would respect. Um, wow. And people make, you know, jokes, Jewish jokes, you know, these tropey, stereotypical Jewish jokes that, you know, the cheap ones, you know, like about us being cheap or, you know, right. or loving money or, you know, running, like, it's like they, it's, it's constant or like they'll make like a Holocaust. We're running the media when we get all these anti-Semitic comments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, they'll make a Holocaust joke and it's like, you know, that's my domain. You don't get to do that. Like you right. just don't like. There's you know, boundaries. There's yeah. boundaries. I, well, and I almost feel like when you stand Especially up. if they're bad. If they're bad, like if it's just like old bad jokes don't yeah. deserve the time of day. And that's how I feel about bad jokes, like old hack, you know, jokes that have been a th- done a thousand times, like anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but when that starts happening at open mics, you know, you know, basically just hopefully I get to go after them, mm-hmm. you know, I get to go after them in the lineup. And, you know, it sort of becomes like, a plight to to make the situation yeah. funny and to get like legitimately upset at them in public mm-hmm. and call mm-hmm. them and out. online is there is there like a line where you share things like that and speak about it um online like in like just like posting. yeah yeah no, yeah I mean, I, you know i i don't post so much about that I don't post so much of my material anyways. Um, mm. You know, I, it's I, more for you. Yeah. Or it's for live audiences, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I, I, I know I could and probably should for the benefit of my own career, but, um, but yeah, I mean that type of stuff I do. I mean, I do share it on stage, you know, yeah. I do talk about anti-Semitism on stage quite a bit. Um, and like for a while, you know, I, th- I mean, even now I've sort of stopped going to open mics, mm. I mean, you know, cause I mean, I, you know, some people it's like, Oh, because you get booked a lot, which isn't necessarily true. Like, you know, I get booked in LA and uh, you know, a solid amount, you know, but, but I, you know, I'm not, the, yeah. I'm not booking shows every night, you know, or, you know, every, you know, five times a night or five times a week. But, um, um, but yeah, I sort of stopped going to open mics cause it was like, okay, every single time I do one of these, I have to like, I'm the guy, you know, I sort of take it upon myself to be the guy who stands up for the, for the Jews and tries mm-hmm. to make a fool out of an idiot, which is, you know, it becomes, it's, it's easy. And it, and it's also like, it became sort of an easy laugh for me mm-hmm. and I got, I don't know, sort of known for that a little bit. I mean, I've gotten in a couple of, uh, I guess, Instagram beefs with someone who was doing mm-hmm. a, a Heil Hitler. We've all, a we've, I think every Jew has been in Instagram beef before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or but she was, beef. Yeah. But, she, you know, she, one of her jokes was like, uh, you know, she did like the Sieg Heil and it was like she was not oh. not Jewish. And it was like, you know, that's I, I at first I was just like, you know, that not good. You know, mm-hmm. why did you, you know, what were you thinking? And then she started to get, you know, really upset. 
and uh you know we i i tried to like give it grace but you know i i just i didn't want to do that anymore <laughs> i just but yeah. you know it it has been to my own derailment because uh i'm not getting the same i guess you know uh reps right at the moment yeah um Okay, so we want to just talk a little bit more about dating and then um, yeah. I guess obviously, you know, you said you recently came out of a four-year relationship, but I'm yeah. sure from having other friends in the, you know, comedy world and, you know, being obviously in the com- comedy world, world yourself, do you think that being a comedian um, can make dating more difficult? Maybe it's dating people and they feel like you can't, be serious enough for them or the fact that maybe they can learn so much about you online sometimes when people have, you know, more open profiles. Do you feel like that maybe there are any specific problems or issues or that are more common when you're dating in the comedian world? I mean, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, dating non-comedians, you mean like, or, you know, if I'm, I guess, I guess like, like, I guess as from a comedian's perspective, is it, is there things that make it hard to date because you're a comedian? Well, I would say just on a, the, realistic level scheduling i mean it's like you know comedian i I, if i'm doing if i'm working stand-up during a day you know i might start my day at 5 30 and go until 2 a.m right and you know i mean this this is this happened with with my girlfriend where she worked during the day and i was working at nights for a while and and so it just there was no overlap so it's tough to see each other and make quality time Mm -hmm. and that's difficult. I mean, like, that's just a realistic thing. I think, you know, I haven't seen that with people. I, I mean, maybe people think that comedian comedians are too silly, but I think uh, you'll find a lot of comedians are, you know, pretty serious in their own lives. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. And, you know, maybe they're tougher nuts to crack. I, I don't know. I, I, I think that, um, you know, I guess notoriously, uh, like a, maybe a lazy bunch, you know, might be hard to date a comedian because they're, it seems they're not working. Maybe this is like a more of an, in an egotistical way that people seeing you perform might draw like uh, ire from, from people, you know, to yeah. want to date you, but might, because you're so out in the open or out in public that it also right. might be a, a point of. It might scare um, them too. Yes, it might scare them, and and uh, you know it might be difficult for people to like. Some have people like so being many... low profile. Yeah, well, <laughs> and 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 yeah, low profile. You know, but some people want low profile, and some people don't want so many people looking at their partner. I don't know. Right. Like, that's not like yeah. That's that. I mean, if some people might not be comfortable with that, and that's like that's up to them. But that's, that's something we like, talk about on this podcast a lot too, because Marla's yeah. dating you know yeah yeah so having the <laughs> this... transparent conversation of like i also have this podcast yeah yeah oh my I, mean, God. I mean that could be a nightmare for people i have a i have a podcast about relationships <laughs> you're gonna be in it Just... so many times i get people they're like joking around like oh am i gonna be on it i'm like uh like not really like probably not maybe like but i don't really talk in detail so like you never really know who i'm talking about anyways but then I've had, I, I like recently someone, someone's friend, someone that I'm seeing, their friend was like, yeah, I like listen to your podcast. I'm like, oh no, are they like relaying everything they hear to like 
have got yeah, it. Yeah, and another person like figured out who she went on a date with. And I'm like, oh my God, Marla's a hot commodity. And uh-huh. people are starting to figure out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, it is, this is a very specifically difficult Interesting generation. Well, it's also hard because it's like, I love the podcast. I'm so passionate about it. But it's like, and if you go on a date, they're like, what do you like to do? Any hobbies, any like fun projects? And I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, don't mention it, don't mention it, don't mention it. You shouldn't mention it because as soon as you mention it, like, you know what's going to happen. But it's not always about us. That's the thing. I yeah. think we talk about a lot. We like, really don't talk about us podcast. that much, though. And I think like the biggest goal is like getting like great Jews to talk about their identity and whatever they're comfortable with and their dating experiences and why Judaism is important to them to show other people who are interested or navigating their own Jewish lives like oh there's this angle oh there's that angle it's cool to date Jewish like look look what they're doing so yeah it's not like oh like what did an hour of my friend do like last night for dinner like you know what I'm saying or like yeah it's it's not as much of a uh dish dishy you no. know yeah and, like and we didn't want that connotation when we yeah, started yeah. yeah exactly like the most like you'll you're not hearing it now because so we always record our podcast intros like right before we release the episode so like we'll add like a 10 minute intro just me and libby giving some like brief update on the our lives out. Yeah. But, like that's it like it's so it's not like an hour-long episode of like let me go into like no. this horrible date that i went on <laughs> and that's not both of us like yeah. that's not who we are yeah. So. It's also fun, you know, if you have a someone who you want on a date with, they're listening to the first 10 minutes and then they get into an episode and it's like, what what are they? Who it was, happened though. Who is this comedian? Why are it they happened. this guy for so Marla, long? Marla read out a text message. Oh yeah, last season I read out a text. I read, read this like text. It, it wasn't text that I set, received. I read out a text that I sent. And then like, I literally like four months later, I got that exact text sent to me word for word. <laughs> Uh, by the person you sent it to, it, kind of, kind of. Yeah, it was basically on that. We were talking about I mean, kind of. It either is a well, no, no, because it, it was, was I it had was a, tea. It was look, tea. What happened was we had an episode. We were talking about ghosting. This guy had ghosted me. I on the podcast. I said if I don't ever ghost people, if I'm gonna, if I'm not interested, I send this exact text message. Uh, and so then, like four months later, the guy that had ghosted me sent me that exact text message. Yeah. Right. So I never actually sent it to him because I was given an example of what he should have said, but he just sent that text four months later to me, which means he somehow, and I don't even think I told him about the podcast. No, Marla's really, Marla's really cool about it. Like she's, That means he was reconsidering. Too late now. He was listening yeah. to it. He, he went through the trouble of finding your podcast, yeah. listening to it, <laughs> and then typing it word for word. I mean, that's, that's, that's an effort. Yeah, that, uh, if it's a, a, you know, how long was the text? It was like a short, it was like a three sentence text, maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot to write, <laughs> you know, well, that text was like, people. that was actually Don't a be year. telling these that boys was... that that's effort, please. Uh, it's not. Well, it was okay, listening. I, to be honest, can I, can I be honest? That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is effort. If you listen to an entire podcast. No, but he wasn't, but he wasn't like sending it to me to be like, come back into my life. Like that's know, what his point was. I think he was making an effort to say, uh, schmuck you. Yes, that's exactly what he was yeah, doing. Probably. Exactly what he was doing. Yeah. But okay, where do you see yourself 
in 10 years? Where can we see you? What's the goal? Oh, my goodness. Look, the immediate thought, the immediate thought is, am I going to make it 10 years? You know, <laughs> is it possible? That you're such I a Jew for that. <laughs> I mean, you know, depressed. Yeah, stomach problems. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, I wonder. But, you know, say if I did, mm. I would say probably in a one-bedroom apartment in Los <laughs> Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Not know, on the same block. <laughs> no, you know, maybe maybe a different block. Um, I, I would like to be sort of in the acting, wor- you know, in the acting world of comedy, mm-hmm. uh, doing bit roles and then being able to tour my shows. Mm-hmm. Um, that w- that's ideal, you know, that's yeah. 10 years. And then in 15, 20, you know, my own show, baby. You know, my own my own TV show. Yeah. Yes. Can't That's wait for it to go. Yeah. Like, I thought you'd be like Curb 2.0 or something. I would say I'd be more like Curb uh, 0.5, you know, a little slower. <laughs> All right. A little All slower. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a, that's a good goal to have. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so, I mean, if, if I can, if I can just continue making, uh, a, like maybe just a little bit more of a living than I am now to doing right. and still doing comedy, it would be, mm-hmm. I mean, I would do it forever. Yeah. That's awesome. It's awesome to be able to love what you do. Not everyone yeah. um, gets to do that. Yeah. Um, okay. So last off, we're going to play a quick game. We call it cute or cringe pretty self-explanatory and uh you just give us your knee-jerk reaction there's no nuance no asking us to elaborate you get what you get and you and you make your decision one word like we give you a sentence and then you say let's just i just i just say one or the other cute is great cringe is yeah 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 Yeah. okay i'm ready so first they bring home cooked brownies from their mom to the first date i mean it's cute okay um, <laughs> when you, I don't, I think if a guy, I think it might be one of those things that's like different for girls versus guys. Oh, if a guy did it, I think if a guy did it, I'd be like, I don't know if I, I don't know. It depends. Maybe how good they are. We'll see. <laughs> um, what's in the brownies? <laughs> Libby, uh, very. True. I guess I guess the the fact that the mother made it might might imply you don't bake as well as them. It could imply that you're like a mama's boy. Yeah. True. Look, the um, implication the implication is cringe, but the act itself very cute. Okay. Mm. Okay. Respect. Uh, um, when you go to museums, they stop at every single art piece to read the description. I mean, cringe, yeah. That's, Gotta that's, go. That's that's they fun. say they need complete silence when parallel parking so they can concentrate. Cringe. Wait, I'm crying that I'm the one reading this. I don't know how to drive. <laughs> it's so, I mean, so cringe. <laughs> What's parallel parking? I, my friends make fun of me because I am a great parallel parker, but when I parallel park, I always unbuckle my seatbelt because I like, I'm used to like, like now, I have, now I have a backup camera, but for the longest time I didn't. So I'm very used to like, you know, turning around and to, to see. Um, I, um, I'm an incredible parallel parker. Incredible. I, I I relish in that ability and I can get into the slimmest space 
And, you know, if people can't do it, I think they should hand me the keys. No, seriously, if, if, no, I'm, that's fair. if I'm with someone who has any fear at all, let me have it. I, mean, I love parallel parking. We'll have to go redo the intro for this episode and be like, comedian, actor, parallel parker <laughs> extraordinaire. Yeah, stunning. Uh, okay. At their parents' Passover Seder, they insist that you feed each other for the last few steps, like when you're doing like the maror and like the sandwich. But put it, put it into each other's mouths? Yeah. Yeah, cringe. <laughs> it's not good. And ending off, at the Passover Seder, they act out different plagues. They act them out? Mm-hmm. Uh, oof. Oof. Tentatively, so tentatively cute. No, yeah, it could be it, but it, <laughs> if the act outs are very bad, it, it, that is so performance based. I yeah. mean, the yeah. idea that you would do it, you know, I don't think many people could pull it off. Us theater <laughs> kids are a problem. Yeah, yeah, no, theater kids are terrifying. <laughs> the words. You'd be terrified. I would have paid to watch. Okay, the question we ask everybody who comes on this podcast, what is your own definition of a schmuck boy? Okay, this thing that I'm I'm learning about through the podcast, I would say it's a uh, oh wow I can't say the word I can't you know but but that's why we came up with the term because it's right. a Jewish version of the word okay. you're thinking of. Okay, well it seems like sort of um, yeah, sort of a guy who lies, sort of a guy who's lying to you about everything he is, hmm. you know, and in his heart maybe is more emotional than he wants to believe he is maybe he's a huge liar who <laughs> shouldn't be dating i think maybe that's it a schmuck boy is a big liar who shouldn't date yeah <laughs> okay most schmuck boys are not dateable um, you, you know. think they are and then you learn that they're not yeah yeah and where can people find you what upcoming shows do you have I am on Instagram at self underscore Eli, and I am in a group like a, a you know, we make videos called No That's Okay. It's also on Instagram. Um, we've been making stuff for a couple of years. We have a ton of, ton of backlog. So, and that stuff's my favorite stuff to work on. Um, and then I have a show at the Elysian Theater on the 21st at 10 p.m., uh, I mean, I have, what was that? Like April 21st? April 21st. Yeah. Uh, and that's my one man show. It's called good Showbiz. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a very Jewish show. Um, if people want to get their, I mean, literally get their money's worth. I pay people in the audience, I you know, that. if they, if, if, if they interact. I think I'm actually going to, I just looked at my calendar. I think I'm actually going to try to come to that. Yeah, you Yay. should. It's so much fun. Uh, and then, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, you can, I, I'm always posting like promos to my shows. So, um, you know, all that. Stunning. Well, thank you so much for being here. We love this episode. It's different from any other one we've ever oh. had. So, um, so he he Natan Natan Lanu sort of uh, <laughs> wait no that's Dianu sorry no, Mani Shana Mani no Mani Shana episode oh. yeah, yeah 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 why is this night different like all the others right yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. exactly right, right. you still get to say the four questions <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah guys Schmuck Boys out thank you so much for listening yo Schmuck Boys ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
Just a smart boy. You're just a smart boy. You're just. A